HALT. It's a four-letter acronym that we use sometimes in hard situations. Perhaps you've heard of this advice. Don't make any rash decisions. Don't respond. Don't even speak. If you are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Part of being human, I suppose. We're affected physiologically by our bodies. We're hungry, we're emotionally upset, we're lonely, we're tired. It can cause us to say and do things uh, that we might otherwise regret. Maybe you've seen the uh, funny commercials about, maybe you need a Snickers. (laughs) Uh, Somebody's angry and upset and they're going on and somebody offers them a Snickers bar and and they instantly change. I saw a, a meme recently that said, maybe we should give 2020 a Snickers. <laughs> well, can you imagine not just one person? Uh, maybe you've been the hangry person in your family. And, uh, you, you know, every, everybody's like, what is going on with you? Imagine not just one person, but over 5,000 people being hangry. Not just hungry, but also probably a little bit tired. Weary. It was a problem for Jesus. And it was a problem that only could be solved by a servant. And that's what we're going to talk about today as we talk about our Remember series. I want to remind you that the solution to their problem that day is the same solution for us today. So I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. This is going to be our key text today. We're, we're going to keep coming back here as we talk about serving one another. We're going to talk about uh, how, what that means and why it's so important. 1 Peter chapter 1, I'm sorry, excuse me, chapter 4, verse 10 says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That one simple verse has profound implications, and we're going to spend the rest of our lesson talking about why it matters so much. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 starts by telling us this, Each of you. We all have a responsibility to serve. Uh, in the kingdom of God, it's not a matter of, well, these are the, this is the leaders and these are the servants. You know, these are the people in charge and these are the people who do. That's not how Jesus intended it. He intended everyone to be a servant. Everyone to strain against the oars as an under rower. Everyone to take a knee and a towel from time to time. Serving begins with being a servant. It's the attitude, it's the mindset, it's the heart. If you're following along, and I hope that you are, Philippians chapter 2 would be a good place to follow me to. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 7, tells us this in speaking of Christ's humility. Have this mind, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Jesus set the ultimate example of 
the mindset of a servant. And so serving others doesn't start with a service project. It becomes, becomes, starts with the decision in your mind to be Christ-like. Serving others is what Christ wanted you to do, and it was the example that he set for us. He emptied himself. He left heaven's glory to enter our story. And he didn't just enter our story. I mean, think, he could have come into this world as royalty, being served. He could have come in majesty, as we sung about. But he didn't. He took the lowest form. Isaiah says that he was a common person. We wouldn't have known him by his look. We wouldn't have acknowledged, oh, there's majesty right there. No, Jesus took the lowest form, the form of a servant. Servant, serving, then, is in every disciple's DNA. It's a part of who we are when we're reborn, when we're washed in the blood of the Lamb, is that we take on His DNA by being a servant. It's impossible for us to be otherwise. I really believe it's impossible for one to be a disciple of Christ for any length of time and not at some point step into this mindset of being a servant. Jesus said this about himself in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, uh, verses 4 and 5. I'm sorry, excuse me, Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Serving is a part of who we are in Christ. If you think being a servant is optional, well, Jesus would disagree with you. Being a servant is just part of being a Christian. But you don't have to take my word for it. Just ask Ernie. Most of uh, the Northside family recognizes this guy. Most of you have seen Ernie, at least when we were gathered regularly here at the building, serving. The other day, I was coming through the hallway, and and there was Ernie standing at the copier. You know what Ernie was doing in that moment? He was serving. I believe he was printing envelopes for Know Your Bible. I I may get that incorrectly, but, but it just struck me that I was so used to seeing Ernie with his keys on his side, and, you know, he's always the first one here, and he's always the last one to leave. He's always waiting patiently for some group to finish up or lock the doors or waiting for kids to leave the hallway. He's he's always just so patient and kind and serving others. And that's the way I was used to seeing him. Those were the service works he did. But see, Ernie can't serve in that way these days, right? It's not really an option. (laughs) But that didn't stop Ernie. Ernie's still serving. He's serving uh, by helping with the Know Your Bible ministry, and, and he was standing there at the copier, and you can see, just as joyful as ever. That's what I love about Ernie. Most of you think that Ernie serves, and that's true, but he serves because he has the mindset of a servant. Even when he's not here at the building, Ernie's still serving. Just ask Randy and Kenita Short. Randy Kanita loved to work outside, and they've been doing a bunch of yard projects, as uh, I guess we all are these days. Uh, yards are looking better than they ever have. Uh, one very positive thing about 2020. We've all become landscaping geniuses. Anyway, the shorts were out, and they, were, they came up with this project, but they, they needed some help, and they didn't have all the tools that they needed, and they, 
Uh, in fact, Kanita posted a picture. My goodness, what have I got myself into? And so they ask Ernie for some help. And so Ernie, servant as he is, helped him, helped him get the, uh, they were pouring these cement cobblestones and, and had a whole bunch to do. I think something like 100 bags of cement. So a big project. Ernie helped him get the cement there, helped him mix it together, helped him lay the stones. Ernie jumped right in. Do you know why? Because of who lives in Ernie. When Jesus said he he did not come to be served, but to serve, he wasn't just saying that about him. He was saying that about all followers of him. So learn from Jesus' example. Learn from Ernie's example. We serve because he serves. The Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 2 reminded us of this when he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You see, we might recognize the picture with Ernie with his cap on and his keys and his beard, but uh, the more I get to know Ernie, the more I say it it doesn't look as much like Ernie as it does look like Jesus. It's a beautiful example and a good reminder that each of us have been called to be a servant, not just to do service. Ernie used the gifts that he had been given, and that's our, our second understanding from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received. You see, Ernie had truck. He had lots of the tools that they needed He had the know-how and the expertise. He certainly had the time. He used all of those gifts from God to serve. We've all been given gifts from God. Now, you may not have Ernie's know-how. You may not have his expertise. But I guarantee you, you have some gifts. And the expectation from the Lord is that you use whatever gift you've received. The expectation from God, is that we use what he's given us. So so the question is not if he gave us gifts. That's beyond question. The question is, will we use the gifts that he's given us? Now, now I want to be careful here because because it's easy to think, well, I'm I'm not, I don't have any gifts. You know, perhaps you heard the singers singing this morning. Man, don't they sound good? Uh, They just do, they just knock it out of the park. And they don't do that for their glory. They they do that to help us uh, as we approach the Father's glory. But you may say, well, I don't have that gift. I'm not a Greg McCubbin with a a deep bass voice. I'm not a beautiful Cammie Nelson with a beautiful singing voice. I can't do that. I'm not even going to try to hit the high notes, okay? But but you misunderstand. Those are their gifts. The Scripture says that we all have gifts. Peter says, use whatever gift you've received. Maybe things that you simply ignore. Could be your home, could be your yard, could be your time, could be your Facebook platform, could be your Instagram, it could be your relationships, it could be your neighbors. You've got so many gifts that you take for granted, and I do too. Scripture calls us to use whatever gifts that we have. Every good and perfect gift is from above. We're to use those. 
If we, if we turn to Matthew chapter 25, look at a, at a well-known parable and think about it in this way. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 and following, is the story that Jesus told that we call the parable of the talents. I prefer to think of it as the parable of the stewards. That's not how we know it by. But the focus is really not on the talents. It's on the stewards and how they use them. It would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants. You see that? And entrusted them his property to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. And he went away. He received the five talents, went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. 100% return, not too bad. And so also he had the two talents, made two talents more, but, but, but he who received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Zero percent, in fact, negative percent return because of inflation. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts. And the one who received the five talents came forward and said, bring five talents more, saying, Master, you've delivered to me five talents. Here, I've made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You see, the world can read the parable of the talents and say, Well, that's not fair. One guy five, one guy two, and one guy one. That's not the point. The master gives the servants which ones he thinks he should. He gives to each according to his ability. There's a reason the master gives more talents to some and less to others. Ours is not to question that. Ours is to trust whatever he's given us, one, two, or five, that we use it in a way that honors him and glorifies him and builds and, and brings more glory to him. Now, if you notice, just for a second, a very important thing as we continue in verse 21. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also had the two talents came forward, saying, master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you would be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seeds. So I was afraid. Now capture this here for a second. We've talked about fear in recent weeks. Fear is a big topic. I think fear is worse than the virus in some ways. Fear is spiritually deadly. Causes people to go into paralysis. They do nothing. Leads to bad stewardship of our time, of our mental energy, of our resources, of all the gifts that God's been given us. They get, they get buried by fear. The one talent man, he didn't have much, but he was afraid. And so he did nothing, even with what he had. I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here's what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I scattered no seed. And you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And in my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. 
Or to everyone who, who has, more will be given, and whoever has an abundance. And he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness, in the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you think God takes stewardship and service and using our gifts seriously? He does. He most certainly does. Now, I want you to note this one thing. In the story... Stewardship is not static. We start the story with one, two, and five. One, two, and five servants became zero, four, (laughs) and eleven. One, two, five became zero, four, and eleven. Think about that for just a second. Some people think, well, I'm a five-talent servant. I'm going to use my five days. That's fine. And if you use them, God will give you more. But you may think, well, I'm only a one-talent servant. See, the one-talent servant had an opportunity to become a two-talent servant. But he was afraid. So he didn't become that. He lost even what he had because of his fear. May we not forget that all our gifts are from God and that we have a responsibility to steward them well. We will not remain in the same place. As a servant, you will either get better or get worse. It all depends on what you decide in your mind to do. Then the question, once you realize you have the gifts, you've decided to use the gifts, the question is, how are you going to use them? Are you going to use your gifts? Are you going to allow your talents to be buried? Or will you allow your talents to be a blessing? Sounds like a simple question. But the answer is more important than you know. Romans chapter 12 talks about many different types of gifts. And we're admonished again and again. If your gift is encouraging, let them encourage. If if it's in teaching, let them teach. And if it's just all these gifts listed out, if it is this, then use it. If it is that, then use it. Whatever your gift is, regardless of what it is, use it. The, the, The heart of the poor steward, the parable of the talents, was fear. And he forgot all that God had given him. And so even in these days, when it's tempting to to let ourselves cower in fear, we must not. We have to acknowledge and look around and pay attention to all the blessings God's given us and then ask the question, as his servant, how does he want us to use those? Once you decide to use the gifts, the question is, for whom will you use those gifts? 1 Peter 4, verse 10 says, You should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Let's say, for example, let's say that you're a a fantastic teacher and speaker, and and you use those talents, and you, you do consulting work. I mean, you're just rolling in the honeypot. I mean, it is great work. And you love doing it. Why? Because you make that money. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. That's great. That's a blessing from the Lord. But, but the question is, are you only using your gifts to serve yourself, to bless your house? Or are you doing, as Peter calls us to do, to use our blessings, to use our gifts to serve others? A person has an ability to teach and to speak, I would hope would be using that within a kingdom capacity. 
would be, would be speaking and teaching and using their God-given gifts to bless the kingdom of God in God-given ways. So may we use our gifts not just for ourselves, but to serve others. The good news is, this is really a part of our culture here at Northside. And I'm not saying that to brag. Uh, Northside has a history of that. And we know some, some outward examples, and, and we know a lot of behind-the-scenes examples. And by the way, if you would care to, I would encourage you to join us for Sunday Night Live. Northside members know Sunday Night Live has been happening. It's happening again tonight at 8 o'clock. We're going to have some people share some stories of how they've seen service play a part in their story, how either they've served or they've been served, stories like Ernie's and others. And so, Northsiders, I would encourage you to join us tonight at 8 o'clock for our Sunday Night Live together. See, right now, our building is sort of temporarily closed. (laughs) There's not the normal amount of people that there are. In fact, uh, if they're taking a shot, if you, can, if you can pan out just a little bit and show the shot of the audience, you'll see that this is a largely empty building. And we've got the singers here, we've got a few of our shepherds here, but, but it's mostly empty. Some people are worried about that. Some people say, well, the churches are closed. No, no, no. Buildings are closed. <laughs> but the church, the church is absolutely open for business. Do you know Why? Because I've seen people, and I've seen especially the way this is played out at Northside in this context. The church is absolutely not close. The building, eh, you know, we're, we're temporarily, and, uh, until June 7th, we're, we're in a little different mode of doing things. But the church is absolutely open for business. Let me tell you a few stories. When I look around at Northside, I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about people using their gifts, not for themselves, but to serve others. Remy Kingsley and Pat Harrington making masks, and and others have too. I'm not going to even hit the hem of the garment in terms of but There are people who've been using their gifts of being a a seamstress, uh, somebody who can make things and sew things and, and build things out of cloth, and they've been using that to make masks. That's really cool. And that's what Jesus would do. That's what Jesus would call us to do. Uh, the Miller family was making care packages. Their family was gathering together, and, and just people that they had been on their heart, they were sending them care packages to let them know they were thinking about them. The other day, I had a, uh, my doorbell went off, and uh, I opened the door, and there was a care package there in a, a pot of flowers. It was the Shady family. They were going around just delivering gifts of encouragement. Well, those of you who know, especially Rose, is such a great encourager, and you can see her in the picture, uh, she can't help but smiling. But she was delivering encouragement, and not just to me as the preacher, but she had a whole list of people. Uh, Dunham's did the same thing. I shared that story a few weeks ago as well. Uh, we, we've seen people using their gifts of encouragement, not, not focusing on the things they can't control. Goodness, there's so many things we can't control But there are so many things within our control. And chief among those is our attitude, our choice, uh, have the mindset of a servant, and the courage to use the gifts that God's given us. Uh, At the the far right of your screen, you you see the Griffith family. There's Abby there with her children. 
they went to visit Edna McCumber. Now, Edna McCumber's in a place where you can't go in and visit. So they, they played tic-tac-toe through the window with Edna McCumber. You see, Abby Griffith, Jared and Abby used their, the gift of their children to bring courage and to bring encouragement to others. And, and, and again, I have not touched the hem of the garment, so my apologies if I didn't get everyone listed. There's no way that's possible. I, I only share those examples to, to remind you that Northside has a culture of serving others because that's who Jesus called us to be. Uh, just this last week, there was uh, uh, what I call the, the Northside Holy Grounds team, uh, which is a tongue-in-cheek reference to our landscaping crew, uh, went around, and I just snapped a few pictures of people using their green thumbs to, to pull weeds, to, to, to make things look nice when we all gather back together, and, and just enjoying one another's company in a socially distanced way, but outside and enjoying the gift of God's creation. Well, that's a gift. They use their gift and their love for planting and, 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 and working outside, and they use that gift to serve Thank you, Jesse, and to all of those who, who helped and those who will continue to help. It uh, sure looks good every time we see flowers and uh, the flower beds looking so good. We're thankful for all of those who have helped in some way. And even to make today happen, Daryl and Mayhem has got this building <laughs> more cleaned and sanitized and carpet shampooed and we're getting fresh paint on the walls and, and, and just getting it ready. When you come back, you're going to see a building that's spruced up and ready to go. And that's a good thing. And you need to thank Daryl. You need to thank those who have helped in doing that because that's a gift. They're using their gifts to serve. The singers, you saw a few of them, probably the backs of their heads, but, but each week we've got a group of people who are, you know, again, standing at the mics, sitting at the mics, and they're using their gifts to serve others. Are shepherds doing the same thing as they bless you and they pray for you and they, they remind you of who we are in Christ? The tech team. There's a picture of uh, behind the scenes. By the way, if you're watching online, I'd love for you to just put in this in the comments. Sarah loved it, loves this. If you'll put it in the comments and just thank them for the work that they do because... Listen, if you're watching right now, you need to know that's happening because people at the sound booth and, and running tech and, and doing Facebook stream tests and, and, and doing all the, dealing with the coding and, and the website and the, the Vimeo channel and the, all of that, all of that doesn't just happen. It's because people behind the scenes using whatever gifts they have received to serve others. They don't do that for their glory. They do that for His glory. And they do that as their responsibility to be faithful stewards of what God has given them. As we continue. We use whatever gift we've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And we think about God's eternal grace, the gift of salvation given to all through Jesus Christ. And it's a responsibility of each person, whether or not they'll accept that gift or not. You ever think about this? Peter says that we, when we serve, manifest God's grace in its various forms. 
There's the big picture, the the eternal grace. But then there's the the everyday grace. There's 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 the little things that make a big difference. There's the ways in which we can serve. And and we need to really unlock our minds and think about the ways in which we manifest God's grace in its various forms. I told you the story about the one, two, and five talent servants. And that reminds me of another one, two, and five story. And we'll close with this. John chapter 6. John chapter 6 is the story that we began with, the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. I want you to read with me and, and focus on Jesus, yes. I want you to also focus on who the servant is in the story. John chapter 6, starting in verses 5 through 11. Lifting up his eyes and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward them, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? The message translation is, we got a crowd of people and they're going to be hangry. Where are we going to get some grub? Verse 6, he said this to test him, for he knew what he would do. See, I love Jesus. He's so tricky. Philip answered, 200 denarii would not be enough bread for each one to have a single bite. This is kind of a roughly eight months' worth of wages. Verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? And Jesus said, have the people sit down. And now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told the disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and twelve baskets were filled with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who who had eaten. And we know the story, we know the miracle. But may we realize that Jesus made the miracle happen because of one faithful little boy. We don't even know his name. In fact, I'm not 100% sure that he was willing. (laughs) The picture you get is they're all standing around, you know, oh, where are we supposed to buy food? And Andrew's like, oh, hey, over here, get over here, you know. It's an example of bullying or something, steal his lunch. What do we do with this? Jesus takes this small offering and, and, and effectively feeds a crowd that would probably fill in-trust bank arena. Now think about that. From one boy giving two, lit, two fish and five loaves. His faithfulness fed thousands. It was Jesus' work, but it was Jesus' work through the little boy's offering. We know the lesson. In the Lord's hands, little is much. It's not about the talents. It's about the faithfulness of the steward, about the power and our trust in the master. He didn't have much. 
that little boy whose name we do not know. But what he did have was 100% in God's hands. You can't outgive God. What he gave paled in comparison to what he gained. So may we remember this simple lesson about serving. And it's this, four simple words. Save people, serve people. You see, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And because He served in an eternal sense, because He laid down His own life, gave Himself up, we have the opportunity of redemption through Him. That promise is is true because of Jesus' mindset of a servant. So may we take on the same mindset. May we lay our own lives down. Because He served, may we serve. We are to use whatever gifts we have, whatever gift we have received, to serve faithfully other people, that we may manifest God's grace in its various forms. Let us then be faithful with the gifts that we might show ourselves faithful to the giver. May God bless you.